okay, okay. So hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID. This is a podcast that I'm doing to record the oral history of the lives of Black Americans during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, I decided to start the podcast because I was reading Zora Neale Hurston's autobiography and I learned that she was an anthropologist and she used to record the conversations with African-Americans. And I thought if she were alive today, she would probably go around asking African-Americans to talk about their lives during this pandemic. So I'm ideally continuing what she would have done. So today I'll be speaking with a dear friend of mine, actually from my childhood, the, who I grew up with. I'm from Queens, New York. I'm a Black American, and I'm actually half Jamaican, and then half Indigenous American and African American. I grew up in Queens, and I'm currently in New York City. Well, Queens, New York. So I'm really excited to introduce my guest. And um, please say your, your name. Hi everyone, my name is Brandy Mingo. Thank you for I, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I am from Queens, New York, and I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia now. Thank you. And what is your ethnicity? I am a Black American and Caribbean American. So um, my mom is American, my dad, he is, um, his mom was from Antigua, his father from St. Martin, and his grandparents from the Dominican Republic. Oh, I didn't know that. His grandparents mm. were Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for those who are listening, when Brandy and I were like under the age of 10, our families went on vacation to St. Martin. And yes, that was so long ago. <laughs> it was. We used to go swimming every day. Um, yep. So thank you, Brandy. So how about you share your experience? We could start with like talking about working during the pandemic and then living, just some stories about things that happened um, to you during the pandemic. So what was it like working? Um, well, working was tough. I'm in the airline industry. And so we were in contact with people. So I was basically scared to go to work because of COVID because you you felt that you couldn't get you couldn't hide from it because you were in constant contact with someone so um where I work they decided to allow us to go alternate week by week from working from home and going into the office just to avoid um that constant contact so it was an adjustment working from home um, and also they cut our pay. So financially, it was also an adjustment. And we had a 25% pay cut. So it was, it was rough. We had that pay cut for almost 11 months um, before we went back to our original salary. So, um, and I also took four months off because they gave us the opportunity to take a, a voluntary leave of absence just so you know you could protect yourself from COVID and just stay in the house and not interact with a lot of people 
Wow, 11 months is a long time. Like, so were you just basically at home the whole time? Well, I wasn't home for 11 months. I was um, home for four months. And yeah, basically I was at home. I would go outside and like walk in the neighborhood, go to the grocery store, but that's basically it. I really didn't do much. Um, I have a 15-year-old at the time when the pandemic started. He was 13 and he was um, doing remote school. So that was also a challenge for him because, you know, if a child is used to interacting with others on a daily basis, now they're in their room for eight hours almost in a day from watching a Zoom on their computer and then doing their homework. And it's, it's just rough with them being in the house the whole entire time, not having any type of social interaction other than through the computer. Oh my, I can imagine. He was in high school. Well, he started when he was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. like the, the, the last semester of eighth grade. And then he started his first year in high school online as well. So that was extremely rough um, because now he's in 10th grade and this is the first year that he's actually um, been at his school. And it's an adjustment. Um, Socially, in my opinion, it's it's still hard. It's not like how, you know, when we were in school, we had friends, we went out with our friends. I mean, he talks to people online playing video games. And I say to him all the time, like, don't you want to go out? Like, uh, you want to walk around the neighborhood and meet people? It's to the point, like, when he walks to the bus stop, he don't even talk to those people. I'm like, guys are getting on the same bus. You don't want to talk? Okay. So I really believe that that year and a half of being home affected him socially. Oh, I see that. I saw that a lot in my students. Like even coming Mm -hmm. back in person, at one point we had laptops in class and they would like message each other instead of talking to each other. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it was an adjustment. It was. And especially with, I'm used to traveling all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh my gosh, I have to sit still. Like, do I really need to go to this place and risk getting COVID? Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was bound to catch up with, to me because I, I had it twice. The first time I didn't know. Oh. So I didn't really have any symptoms. And the second time I was actually sick and I had like long COVID symptoms for like eight months. I still mm-hmm. can't smell or taste everything. <gasps> for real? No. Yeah. And I had it in January of 21. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's crazy. I heard about long COVID. Mm-hmm. It's like the symptoms that I had, I had like my the heart palpitations, rapid heartbeat, like my heart rate would go from like 90 to 160 and it, it would just jump all over the place. My blood pressure one time went up to like 200 over a hundred. It was insane. And I never had any of those issues prior to COVID. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So living in Atlanta, well, because I remember when I lived there, like people mainly drive. So you don't really have to worry about wearing a mask, I guess, unless 
Did, was there a mask mandate in Atlanta or no? There was, but um, everyone didn't follow it. And then our mayor enforced it in the city because I live in the city. But then the governor basically said that she couldn't enforce it. The, the governor is a Republican. The mayor was a Democrat. Um, they were bumping heads the entire time during the pandemic. So, um, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. Most of the grocery stores, you, they mandated you to do it. But then, like, you know, these other people would be like, oh, well, the governor says we don't have to do it. And they wouldn't wear masks. What? Yeah. Do they still Crazy. get service? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was bad because. One place, this person refused to wear a mask and the cashier asked them to wear a mask. Do you know that the person shot the cashier? What? Yes. Crazy. Just pure, insane craziness. Like over masks. Same thing happens at, at work. Like these people on flights, they don't want to wear masks. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Me personally, like there's still a mask mandate for all federal um, airports or airports and transportation mm -hmm. until March, I think March 18th. But like if someone is in the airport and they start talking to me and they don't have a mask, I will let them know one time, I'm not speaking to you unless you have your mask on to put it on. If you don't want to, I'll just walk away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. but they just don't want to follow the rules. That's all it is. They wow. don't, which, make, which makes our job a lot harder. A lot harder. The airline industry has been affected immensely because of this pandemic, financially and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like it's been a lot. I remember the airlines first they're giving away discounted tickets. And I think on Delta, I actually bought round trip tickets to Atlanta for like ninety nine dollars. Really? Wow. Yeah, like it, it was I like, have... huh? <laughs> That's not happening anymore. <laughs> it was at the end of March because I was like oh I'm gonna go to Atlanta and visit everybody and then the airline stopped flying like you said how many months were they grounded I don't I think they were we were only grounded for like two months maybe mm -hmm. March that happened in March April May yeah maybe two months yeah. but like we cut back on a lot of our flights and our international flights as well yeah so, um, yeah, and we took a hit. And, and I think the pandemic, like we had an increase um, of irate, irate passengers. Mm -hmm. And that's, it has to be because of the pandemic. Like people were having cabin fever or something. I don't know. Because the individuals that I've encountered, they just acted a damn fool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like assaulting flight attendants mm -hmm. it's crazy knocking people's teeth out mm -hmm. yeah it's a lot I saw that in the news this passenger attacked the flight attendant because the flight attendant asked him to put a mask on and they like wrapped a, I think they wrapped like masking tape around him and the passenger yeah. helped they like they showed yeah. him he out of his seat the passengers will help. Let me tell you, they will. If, if they think someone is a threat and, you know, that they're in harm, passengers will 
jump in. But yeah, they did. I saw that. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And then, and I've also been asking people if they know of anyone who passed away and if they if you want to talk about them. Directly? No, I don't. Um, indirectly, yes. I have a lot of friends that have friends that um, passed away. Um, I have a friend that her child's um, father, she just had a baby and the the boyfriend wasn't feeling well. And um, a couple of days later, he found out he had COVID. And then a couple of days later, he died. Mm. And so now she's left with a newborn without a father. And then my um my aunt's fiance, he was over in Frankfurt and she just went to like a conference in I think it was Vegas and she caught COVID after she left the conference. And then he contacted her to let her know that he got COVID as well. So they had COVID around the same time. And then it was just crazy. He just took a, a turn for the worst and ended up in the hospital on a ventilator. And then he never woke up. So he passed away as well. Wow. But yeah, it's, I mean, you, ne- you don't know what the disease or virus, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is going to do to your body. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. You know, they say this is just like the flu, but it it could be different. It could be more than just the flu, depending on your your makeup. So that's so true. I got COVID um, in January, towards the end of January of this year. Yeah, I started teaching in person, and I'm pretty sure I got it from the students, even though we were wearing masks. I guess. The, we couldn't open the windows in the classroom, uh, but who knows? I was also taking the subway and the bus, so maybe I got it. Oh, yeah. That's also possible. Um, <laughs> and I just had, like, cold symptoms. I was sneezing and coughing, so I just I had to stay home. By this time, they said you only have to stay home for five days. Um, yeah. But... It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, but did you get vaccinated? I did. That's the thing. Yeah, I got the Pfizer vaccine and I got the booster. So I don't know if it, like, yeah, like if it would have been worse if I hadn't gotten that. But I was surprised that I still got sick. Probably. No, I mean, like, people think that the vaccine prevents you from getting COVID, and that's not it. No. It just gives you a lesser um, case of it, I guess. And a less, a less a chance of you passing away, I guess. Oh, you know, I did have shortness of breath because I have asthma. So I remember for a couple of days, I was just sitting. And if I talked, I would get out of breath. So, really? I didn't, I didn't know you had asthma. Yeah, <laughs> I do. So you know what? It probably would have been worse if I hadn't worse, gotten vaccinated. Yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Are there any stories that you want to share during about the pandemic um, or anything else that you want to share about 2020 and 2021? Um, 
Well, with 2020, you know, the pandemic was a good and a bad thing. Of course, the bad thing was the virus was killing people and preventing us to interact with one another. But it also helped us appreciate family and appreciate the little things um, in life, like just taking walks, um, being outside with nature, and just having more family time. So that I appreciated because in the beginning of the pandemic, my mother was here in Atlanta and I was too scared for her to get on a flight to go back to New York. Mm. So she actually stayed with me for three months until we all went to New York and I took her home. Oh, that's right. Because it was Mm -hmm. like thousands of people were dying a day. Yep. So I was like, no, I don't trust it. You're just going to stay here. So the three of us were here basically quarantining together. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, that time was extremely valuable because, I mean, although my mother comes and visits frequently she's never stayed that long mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then you just you know you appreciate the time that you're spending with her and um the time that she spends with my my our grandson so that was a a, a plus for the pandemic and then it also um gave you the opportunity to like cook more work out more like I lost like 25 pounds I gained it back (laughs) yes but I lost it I know a lot of people gain weight during the quarantine but I was just opposite oh I gained 30 pounds I'm still trying to oh my gosh (laughs) I'm trying to lose the 25 pounds I gained back yeah but um and then in 2021 like I also think due to the pandemic and so many people lost their jobs and their livelihood you know crime went up Mm. and also because people were wearing masks so Mm. these criminals used that to their advantage and um I was carjacked by five um teenagers couldn't have been no more than 17 years old but they had a um I think they had a nine millimeter. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And I was walking out of the gas station after I got off of work and I saw them in my peripheral vision and, you know, me being from New York, mm-hmm. you, I, your instincts, they always right. So I just look and I'm like, all right, they look like they up to something. Let me hurry up and get in my car. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I had everything on me, like my purse and everything. So nothing was inside my car. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I went and opened the door, I tried to close it. And he put his hand inside the door to prevent me from closing it. Mm-hmm. And then he put the gun to my head and told me to get out the car. So... You know, that was extremely traumatizing. Mm-hmm. He ended up, they ended up taking like everything. I had no money, no credit cards, no, fo- no phone, nothing. And then they took my brand new vehicle. But 
all of that doesn't mean anything because they didn't harm me. Mm. And all of that other stuff is materialistic. I was able to buy a new car like in a couple of weeks. Mm. And, but the bad part about it is because of that, like I'm on edge, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, don't come behind me because Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to start swinging on you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, and it taught me, I don't, I I don't even, I can't even say what it taught me. I can tell you what it did do. It made me really upset that these young kids would do something to someone who looked just like their mother. And that's what I was like, damn. And after that, it's just like, it's sad to say, but it's like every black boy that I saw, I'm thinking the worst. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to think that because I have a black boy. So it's something that I had to go to counseling for and I'm, you know, I'm still working through it. I'm not trying to have that perspective of every young black teenager. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's just hard because it's like, you know, where are their parents? How do they allow this to happen? Why were they out so late? Yeah, I know they were doing school from home, but they should have been in the house. Mm. And yeah. it's like they have no supervision, obviously. Because you outside riding around in a $50,000 car and no one even questions it. <laughs> That's the thing. They didn't find my car until 10 days later. Wow. With, with $30,000 worth of damage. What? hmm So you know the insurance company wasn't going to pay for that. Are you serious? I mean, they was no, they were going to fix it. That's why I had to get a new car. Oh. They totaled they told it out. Okay. They would, yeah, that's too much. That's they hard. would lose. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's what happens when people are at their their worst. I mean, who's to say maybe their parents got laid off and they didn't have any money coming in the house? Mm-hmm. And they just was like, all right, well, we're going to start stealing. You know, because teenagers unless they were employed the teenagers couldn't get the unemployment so no. they had like no money i mean not that's not i'm not excusing and justifying what they did at all i'm just like thinking about um because stealing is wrong like what they did was wrong but the thing is they didn't get any money because i had no money and the credit cards that i had they tried to use my cash app card but that didn't even go through mm-hmm and so basically what they was doing is um, using my vehicle to sell drugs and to, to rob other people. What? Because they didn't get nothing from me. I mean, I, like I said, I had credit cards. I had no cash. I had a laptop. Yeah, I had some phones. But when you have an iPhone, you're, it's, it's just worthless if, you, if it's locked. How are you going to get into it? Right, right. <laughs> But yeah, so that was like one of the worst things that happened to me during the pandemic. Yeah, Brandy, I'm sorry. That's horrible. And I'm glad you're getting counseling. 
like a lot of um because a lot of people say oh black people don't go to therapy but i feel like more and more now more black people are going to therapy but it is true and it's more like not only black people but west indians don't go to therapy Mm -hmm. and because i have my um masters in school counseling you know it's a it happens a lot for the actual counselor or therapist not to seek therapy but um I had to because if I didn't I would be angry all the time Mm -hmm. and like I said I would have that perception of all young black boys or thieves Mm -hmm. or gangsters or whatever you want to call it it was just different like when we grew up like stuff like this happens all the time but it was it wasn't like they were go after someone like your mother or something right so that reminds me because like we grew up in the south side of jamaica queens when crack was everywhere it's like right like everybody knew a drug dealer we Mm -hmm. weren't in the game but we knew it there was crack files everywhere but Oh. <laughs> yeah yeah but we were never like victims because they saw us as like not as targets no a- we weren't we were never targets it was never us Mm-mm. we wouldn't have to worry about about that yeah they wasn't gonna try to rob or kill us yeah but uh, it's yeah. different here yeah, I'm definitely thankful for therapy. I was also in therapy because I was like, it was very isolating, just like working from home. I would mm-hmm. try to go out to take a walk, but like you can't, it's like, it's scary to even talk to people because you don't, I didn't want to get sick. And then, oh, I didn't want to get my mom sick because at the time I was living with my mom. Okay. So it was very isolating. So I'm glad you had your mom and your son. Yeah, yes, definitely appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Brandy. So hopefully all my recordings will end up in the, in the Smithsonian and the, the National Museum for African-American and Culture. Um, I'm not sure, like, I have to look into how to get it in there, but hopefully it will be and I'll let you I know. I hope so too. Yeah, this right? is awesome that you're doing this, Sonia. This is great. Thank you, right? Because I feel like they need to hear our voices. I just got tired of the news saying, oh, Black people are dying more than, and also um, Latino people and people of color. And I want the people to know who are we, like, as a Black community. So Yes. Thank, yep. you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for having me. Cool. Well, I'll send you the, the link um, when I upload it. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Well, well, enjoy the rest of your night. You All right. Too, Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you for listening. My name is Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID. <laughs>